close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Star Sport Podcast. I'm Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined, as always, by Star Sport Editor, Kieran McCarthy. Today's show is going to be a Beamish Cup special dedicated, Kieran, to the biggest competition in West Cork soccer. Yeah, Jack, the Beamish Cup final takes place this weekend where we see defending champions Drina Rangers taking on Torgor Celtic we're going for their first win this competition since 1997. And we'll be joined in today's show by the managers of both sides. And Southern Star soccer correspondent Joe McCarthy will also stop by later on in the show to share his thoughts on the game. But Kieran, I suppose before we chat to the managers, the Beamish Cup, you mentioned it before to me, it still has a certain luster in West Cork. People within West Cork soccer, obviously they want to win the Premier, they want to win Division 1, but there is an extra oomph to the Beamish Cup that people want to get their hands on it. There is, I, I, I just, it's, it's, it's a, just that cup competition, that, that knockout element, I kind of are liking it to the FA Cup final before the FA Cup final lost its luster, was that back in 2000 when, when United headed off down to... To Brazil for a, for a jolly up and a sun up, you know. So you're saying if Drina, for any reason, pull out next season, they go off to some uh, tournament elsewhere. The the Beamish Cup might lose a bit of its magic. Th- that that could happen, but there's such a love for the <laughs> Beamish Cup here in West Cork. I can't see Drina or, or any other team um, putting out. It's just it's a fantastic competition, and and it's 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 knockout too. You know, kind of the league probably kind of the best team will always win the league. But there's something special about a cup competition because on any given day, the kind of the there could be a giant killing. There, there, there can be a big upset. Um, just turns out this year that we've Drina Rangers back in the final again. They've won it the last two years. They're going for the three in a row, and they've been the dominant force in West Cork soccer these last couple of seasons. Of course, last year they won the. They won five cups on their way to becoming the West Cork Sports Team of the Year, which is a fantastic accolade for a West Cork League team. But they're taking on the kind of local rivals, Togar Celtic, who won't fear them. And that, that could make for a very interesting kind of um, final because Drina will start as the favourites. Togar have nothing to lose. So when, when you've that sort of chemistry going into a game, Jack, you just, you, just, you just don't know, you know? Well, before we talk to the managers of both sides, I just want to get a few of my biases out on the table here I'm a bit bitter uh, about the Beamish Cup uh, this season a bitter jack of not <laughs> because I had my first experience playing in the Beamish Cup this season with Baltimore we took on um, we're, it was all, we were on for a bit of a giant killing we were mid-table championship side or division 2 whatever it's called taking on one of the Clonakilties I'm not sure whether it was AFC or Town that's how much <laughs> interest I had in that particular game but after and, and, and Baltimore wonder for where, where they lost this game, huh? Eh? <laughs> oh, I tell you, I was playing centre half. It finished nil all after extra time. Went to penalties. I and Joe, there was this real sense of so. Oh, a few of the league games this season, kind of, we fell with it. We won a few three or four nil, or we lost a few three or four nil. It was all kind of like, ah, who cares really? But when it came to the Beamish Cup, I saw amongst my teammates Joe a real need to win this game and it was a team playing above us in the league and we were short on the day I think we only had 11 players maybe someone came along a bit later that was kind of the story of our season but we went to penalties I of course buried mine in the bottom corner of course without saying Jack of course without saying but unfortunately I'll give credit to the Clannacilty keeper who Mm -hmm. made a fantastic save for the last penalty to send us packing and that was essentially our season over because after I scored my penalty, which I'll remind listeners of again, I kind of joke somewhere in the back of my head. I thought we're going to win the Beamish Cup, even though we'd had a very <laughs> mediocre season yeah. in the league. But you know, there's still that element of excitement. You're like, you'd never know, and that's why the Beamish Cup is so special. So for that brief fleeting moment after you scored that penalty, yeah, and your nickname is he shoots, he scores with Karen. <laughs> after you scored that. For, for, for those couple of seconds, you could pitch yourself in a Southern Star preview just ahead of the Beamish Cup final. Yeah, I you could, could, see I could, I could actually be writing it about myself. 
That would be pretty meta, wouldn't it? But then you lost, you're out. Um, we so lost, we're out. But uh, in case any of the Baltimore management or coaching staff are listening, I'd like to put myself forward for a role maybe in midfield next season. Like centre-half, yeah, it was fine, but I'd like to you know, be able to get my creative juices flowing a bit more next season. So is this an exclusive, our first exclusive on the Star Sport podcast? Jack, are, are you re-signing with Baltimore for next season? Do, are we hearing it here first? McCarran demands midfield berth. <laughs> That'll be the headline in the in the star next week. I Although think, I don't think my decisions about where I want to play in the West Cork Division Two Junior League is going to make much of a. No, I, 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 I can picture I can picture bonfires all around Baltimore this weekend <laughs> after the management read or listen to this podcast and they they realise that, that that jumping Jack he shoots he scores McCarran will be back for next season to kind of to propel your your drive up to mid table and hopefully on to further glory. <laughs> Maybe just above mid-table. Just that above mid-table. All, all going well. Touch wood. All going well. Well, we leave the trials and tribulations of Baltimore FC there for now. Go Crabs. And we'll hear from the managers of the defending champions of the Beamish Cup, Don Hurley and Declan DC of Drina Rangers. I'm joined now by the management team of Drina Rangers. Don Hurley to my far left and Declan DC beside me to chat about Sunday's Beamish Cup final as Drina put our crown on the line and he chased the three in a row, three in a row as well so welcome lads um, but before we talk about the game itself I'm intrigued to see how the dynamics of a joint management team works um, you were telling me earlier you're together since 2002 that's 17 seasons that's longer than some marriages and you're, 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 you're still going strong and um, I was looking back to see was there examples of successful joint management teams and I haven't come up with much to be quite honest um, there was Roy Evans and Gerard Houllier at Liverpool in 1998 and that Finished quite badly after four months, and mm. Colin Todd and Roy McFarlane with Bolton in the mid nineties, and that ended badly. But the two of you turned it on, on your head. So, what's the secret to your success, and how haven't you killed each other? <laughs> <laughs> the secret? I don't know. I suppose I played under Dan. Dan was manager before I joined him, so I played a certain amount of time under him, so I know how to toe the line with him. To be fair to him, but um, no, we seem to. I suppose we have the same aims as regards what the team want to do and what. Do we want to get the players to do and what our aims would be at the start of every year like so we kind of i suppose complement each other and in, in certain areas in the field as well and what we do or what we don't do but we basically got on without any uh too many hiccups there's always in that one like but the, there's not nothing is perfect but no i'd say our, our, the main thing is we have the same aims as regards what the team and the club want to do and what our, what we set out to go and we have a good squad of players who are make it easy for us as well in that they're interested and they go about their business properly all the time yeah i suppose we like doing it that's kind of the big thing thing, and um we have good support from the local players and the the local people in the village and things like that and that helps and i suppose it's it's something that i enjoy doing i'd say Declan enjoys doing Mm -hmm. as well so um while while we can we'll do it i suppose you know is there a good cop and bad cop in this relationship when it comes to how it works the dynamics of it Maybe as regards referees and things like that, maybe. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Not as regards team, no. no. Uh, we're seen as a joint management or joint bosses, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Declan uh, does all the hard work, to be fair. He does all the coaching and the, the warm-ups and things like that. I just fill out the referee's um, team sheet and things like that. So, um, Dec probably has the harder part before the game starts. And, yeah, we prepare the pitches and prepare the players and, and do our best with it. And I suppose we, we work well together, really. And to be fair to the two of you, like you've worked the Oracle over the years with Trina. And let's look at this season. So, um, well, I suppose a quick word about last season. That was magical. That was, that was five trophies, including the Premier Division and the Beamish Cup. And on top of it, then you were named the West Cork Team of the Year at the West Cork Sports Star Awards back in January, which is a fantastic honour. Um, first time a West Cork League club has won that award. But then you had a slow start to the current season. I think it was six or seven draws in a row in the league. Was that just a hangover from last year? Or what would you put that down to? I'd say a certain amount it has to be down to a hangover the the previous season the winter was so bad and, and the season went very very late it was the 10th of June or something we finished and we were starting again in the first week of July mm-hmm. um, definitely a hangover hard to get the interest going not so much that they weren't interested in playing but to get the the boys back and the, the hunger back and I suppose we managed to grind out some of the results we probably shouldn't have got draws in some moment all to be honest we should have been beaten but we managed to to scrape home and get the result at the end of the day 
which we have been good at even going last year, going back to last year, we were good at getting results late on or, or snatching a win when we were drawing, but we're snatching draws this year when we should be losing. Yeah. And um, and we and once we got, we needed to get a win under our belts after the first six games. So we managed to get one away to Clan. That kind of gave us a little bit of spirit back and a bit of bite back in the whole thing. So from there on, we managed and managed to pull it back. Teams didn't pull away from us either. There was no team that ran away with the league or went unbeaten or had an outstanding season. So we managed to pick away eventually back into it. And our form started to get better and better as the season went on. Because, uh, Don, is it fair to say you're kind of hitting form at the right time of the season now? I suppose since about November, we've been, I think, playing very well since we got going. We we had a great win against Dunmanway in at home in the league and we played very well that day. And since that, we kind of have picked up. Um, I wouldn't say we've played perfect, uh, uh, played perfectly in every game. I think there's a couple of incidents in the cup where we were lucky to get through. Um, but our league form has certainly picked up, and we've, uh, I suppose, we've got more numbers back, and we've got uh, more consistency in teams and things like that, and that has helped us as well. You know, you mentioned there about about the cup and extra time, kind of. One of the intriguing facets of, of your of your cup run in the Beamish Cup this year is that each game so far has gone to extra time. It was Castletown away was three one after extra time. Spartak Spartak Mosgrove in the in the next game won all after ninety minutes, but you won four one after extra time. Then uh, against Dunmanway Town in the semi final, um, two one after extra time was it a hundred and sixth minute winner there. Mm-hmm. So um, what's what's been the kind of story of the of, of the Beamish Cup kind of. Um, I suppose really we started off away to Castleton as you said we we um, we played reasonably well that day just Castleton got a couple of good goals but um, in in extra time there was a there was a strong win there and things like that we were just lucky we got a break in extra time it looked it was a last minute goal it looked as though it was heading for penalties um, and Castleton played really well because we played them a couple of weeks before and we'd beaten them 6-0 in the Parkway Cup so maybe we were a little bit uh, we took them a little bit for granted at the start and things like that um, and uh, following that then with Spartak we were lucky really we were mm. we were under pressure in the 90 minutes we, we took the lead they equalised and the last 10 minutes of normal time we were under pressure and, and they had a few chances and they could have got a, a win but then our guys picked it up again an extra time and I think once we got the second goal um, they had tired then at that stage so we, we got a couple of late goals after that and with Dunmanway um, Dunmanway was a very tough game we started really well um, and there was a huge wind in Skibbereen. We got to halftime nil-nil. We scored in the first five minutes of the second half, and it, you'd kind of think it would set us up, but Dunmanway are really good, fast players, and they, they put us under savage pressure, serious pressure, and they scored with a few minutes to go, and then we got a, a break in extra time, I suppose, um, where a, a shot just fell into the goal, really, I suppose, and it it, it, gave, it put us into the final, but um, it's not been the easiest of tough of cup runs we we had. Tough job to get to the final. Declan, with, with Togger Celtic awaiting in the final on Sunday and your two league games against them earlier in the season finished 1-1 on both occasions. I know you beat them in the Maybury Cup recently, but are you expecting a, a very, very tough game against a, against a team that are sitting fourth in the league? Oh, nothing else but a tough game. Um, we'd have the most respect for Togger there. Like any game you play against Togger, if you win that game, you've earned that win because they give away nothing to be fair to them. Um, as regards the cup final, the cup finals can go anywhere. It's mm-hmm. a cup final; anything can happen in the day. So it's at least at worst fifty, at best fifty-fifty going into it. It doesn't matter what position they're on the table or what division they're in. Once it's a cup final, anything can happen. Because I remember a good few years ago we played out the Celtic in, in the cup final in Skibreen. We managed to win it, but I suppose it was one of the worst cup finals we ever played. Mm-hmm. But we 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 just scraped home on the day. So it's all down to that. It's down to the deal and how people perform. And I suppose there's great, um, there's great history between Dreen and Thor. We actually started the same year. Both clubs started the, first, uh, the same year. So I'd say, without a doubt, Dreen and Thor, the team we've played most often in the, the 30, whatever it is, years that the club is going, was Thor. Mm-hmm. So we've played them most often. Um, and we'd know we'd known all their players. They'd know all our players, um, near neighbours and... and um, We'd know their management for years and, and all about them. And I suppose it's, it's real. It's a local derby and um, it, 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 it's a very competitive game. Going for the three in a row and whether, whether Drina probably like it or not, you will be seen as favourites going into the game. So is there any 
do you have to ward against complacency going into a game like this or is it the fact that it's a cup final that all the lads will, will be well up for it anyway you'll be hoping so yeah uh, cup final if you're not up for it you shouldn't be there really <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times you run it it took us 30 years to, to win probably two titles and we managed to get into three now in the last three like so uh, this is an outstanding chance for, for our club or the team to create history so if if not alone that but just the sake of winning a Beamish Cup final it should be enough to get anyone up. Complacency, complacency can creep in. Maybe at the start of the year when we look back in the league farm, that could have an effect subconsciously. I don't think any of our players went out thinking, oh, we're going to beat these. Like, but yeah. it's just, uh, it could be just on the day again. Like, but I don't think our fellas will be complacent against Thor at all. They've played them too many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The league is obviously very important, but what, what emphasis do you place on the Beamish Cup? Like, how important is that on the scale of, of, of cups and trophies on offer in West Cork? Well, I suppose the league is what you start out to win because mm-hmm. you, you play 16 games at the moment to win the league. Um, you play four to win the Beamish Cup. So it's a more difficult, a bigger achievement to win the league. But having said that, as Declan mentioned, um, up till 2007, and we were existen- in existence since 1983, I think, we won one. Mm-hmm. And we won one in 2007. And then again, we didn't win until 2012. Uh, 2012. So we haven't been that successful in the Cups over the years. Uh, in the Beamish Cup over the years, we've been quite successful in the other Cups. But um, it's something that at the moment we're in a great run and we'd like to continue it. But it, it is really important. It's a big it's the big day out in West Cork soccer is the Beamish Cup final. Mm-hmm. So it's a great for our players, be they youngsters, um, 16, 17 year olds coming into the team mm-hmm. or the seasoned players who've played it so many times before. It's a big day out for everybody. The, this was the kind of the makeup of, of, of this team, this was the core of the Drina team has been together for, for a good few years. The two Barry O'Driscolls, Kichigo, Garot White and a few more. But how important is it for you to inject new blood in, into the team but to, 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 to try and do that but to keep winning as well and, and not upset the momentum? Well, I suppose the last few weeks have been a prime example of that in that we've been, the, the squad has been tight and we've had to bring in uh, some under-18 players into the, the squad to to make sure we have enough numbers first of all but then uh, so to make an impact and against Tohar last Sunday we, we started a few Sundays ago in, in the the cup game we started uh, young Robbie McQueen at 17 years of age and he fitted in seamlessly mm-hmm. and he did his job and that's straight away a boost to the team straight away because there's new blood coming in the other fellas will have to think oh, mm-hmm. we'll have to sharpen up here because there's someone else going to be fighting for our place you mentioned Robbie McQueen there, 17 years old. Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Rob Holdham is still, I, I get this wrong, he's either 53 or 54. So sorry, Rob, if, I, if I've got it wrong. But um, he obviously came and gone last year and he's kept his place there. Kind of, what's his influence and how important is he to the team? He's, he's, <laughs> I, I always say the outside voice coming in does a lot for a team mm-hmm. because it's something different or something new. And he's definitely brought something different. He's brought years of experience from playing with Leeside and he's coaching in UCC. So he has he has a real experience in, in all facets of the game. Like, And he has kept himself spectacularly fit for a man of his years. Like, And uh, his technique and, and, and ability haven't diminished from what I've seen. I remember 30 years ago playing against him and I think he's a better keeper now than he was then. And he was a good keeper then. But uh, as I say, the outside the outside voice coming in always does something to a team. It charms things up as well. It it puts the the takes the complacency out of it. Let's say, and he has like he came in as a coach or just to help out at the start. Yeah. Um, young um, Liam, Callan. Liam Callan got injured, and he stepped into the breach when Liam got injured. And he's done his job magnificently since. I suppose we have a couple more as well in that um, we have a couple more senior players. They're, they're nowhere near Robert Sage, yeah. but in terms of JJ Hurley and uh, Robert O'Regan are really important to us. Um, and they're coaching underage teams in Drina uh, along with some of the other players at this stage as well. And um, that's really important to us. And they've been, they, they've been huge servants for Drina over the years. Massively, yeah. The kind of the, the, the club has gone well in a hole, and I suppose with, with the, the bees winning the league as well. Like, how much of a boost was that? And and how uh, is that B team with the want of greatest respect to them? Could that be a feeder team for the, let's say the A team? You know, are you looking to kind of take players off that and bring them in, or how does what's the relationship between the two teams? Well, I suppose um, a couple of years ago when we were short numbers, um, there was a few lads playing with the B team, and they came into the A team. Paul Hickey being an example, and he made a huge difference to us when he came in, but. It's really important that the B team picks up players from the under 18 mm-hmm. setup 
um, especially if they, they mightn't make our team straight away but give them a year or two playing with the bees and it makes a huge difference and it's very important it, it generates good feeling in the club if the bees if the bees can keep going um, a lot of the bees actually would be playing in the masters as well during the summer which is good um, they're all bringing something back into the club and it's important there a lot of them a lot of the bees as well would have played with the club um, for many years also so it's great to in, we our biggest job I think really is to integrate what is a good underage system and to keep players the hardest part at the moment I think is keeping players between the ages of 16 to 20 mm-hmm. I think if you get them if they start playing it by the time they're 20 or 21 then they tend to continue but there's a little drop off I'd say nationally at that age group and I think that's where that's a big task for us as a club to keep players at that age group you know if we're looking at match winners so for Sunday's final I suppose Barry O'Driscoll um, Hawthorne kind of stands out he's been one of the top strikers in the league the last couple of years averaging nearly 30 goals a season which is phenomenal kind of he's someone you'd be hopefully looking to kind of to turn on a bit of magic on Sunday definitely yeah but uh, we have been getting goals from other sources as well to be fair Keith Jago technically not the most gifted but uh, the most honest player <laughs> on the field and always gets into positions to score goals that I don't that no other player on the team can get into he, he makes phenomenal runs and, and mm-hmm. scores off free kicks and messy balls in the box or whatever he never gives up on a last cause there's no such thing as last cause with Keith Keith is mm-hmm. a, the human the proverbial human dynamo <laughs> and he keeps going all day now all over the field I would say we have a threat all the time but yes Barry and, and Gerard White and uh, to lesser extent Adrian Driscoll and these are, are always addressed Tomas Conley when he's there mm-hmm. so yes yeah. Barry is, is, your pri- is our number one centre forward like, but there is others who can contribute as well and I suppose to, to, to add that Tor are some very good forwards as well mm-hmm. Johnny Kelly's excellent Johnny Hurley and David Ma is back with them so they have some real threat going forward as well mm-hmm. not just us you know no, fantastic. Declan, Don, thank you so much for joining us and the best of luck on Sunday. No, 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 thank you. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. I'm joined in the Star Studio by Johnny Collins, manager of the Togo Celtic team that has reached this year's Beamish Cup final that is on Sunday. Johnny, congrats getting to the final. Um, you have a big Thanks, job man. ahead of you against the defending champions, Drina Rangers, who are going strong on all fronts. But before we look at them, let's chat about, I suppose, Togo's league form, this cup run, and how you're fixed going, going into Sunday. In the league, so the league, league's over for you, kind of six wins, six draws, four defeats. It's the, it's the draws that maybe cost you in the end there? Oh, definitely, Kieran, yeah, the draws, yeah. We probably out of the six draws there, there was probably three we should have won. Mm-hmm. And it kind of took the momentum out of us and carrying on, we probably lost a lawyer after drawing with Clanton. And um, after that, we probably just, we knew we were mathematically out of the race then, you know. But for a while, we thought we were, we weren't far off it, we were badly away. The rest of the teams, but that's the way it goes. Even though things probably didn't go to plan in the league, this this Beamish Cup run has been fantastic. Kicked it off with a a two 0 win against Clonakilty AFC. Didn't beat Castellac. Then the quarter final, he beat a very good belly the Hub team that's battling for the Premier Division title. And I think it was Johnny Hurley, Niall Hurley, and Darren Kelly got the goals that day. That's a good belly the Hub team, Johnny. What are the positives you took from that win? So, oh, the game in belly Hub, we knew it was going to be tough. I suppose adventure we were at home on the day, but um, they're probably the most physically strongest team in the mm-hmm. West Cork League. Um, they came full strength the same day. Um, I don't know, everyone from there off that day, they were, everyone resumed and they were focused for that game. We knew we were probably out of the league at that stage, so we said, Jesus, this is a be all in done, and we'll just tear into them and see how we get on. And it was probably our best results of the season so far, well, performance wise, mm-hmm. anyway, you know. And, um, that was about it. We had the lads at the Super Game, Johnny, mm-hmm. Noel. Noel always pops up with a goal. Mm-hmm. Very consistent all season. And um, Darren Kelly as well in midfield. Like, we're happy. I'm glad to have him anyway. You know? Into the semi final then against Mizzen AFC. That, that was a hard slog. That went all the way to extra time. Johnny Kelly popped up with the winner, a 1 0 win. But was that one of those games, Johnny, where the result was more important than the performance? Oh, definitely. Yeah, Kieran. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The, the semi final was. We'd have been only in the semi-final, I suppose, on three occasions since 1997, mm-hmm. when we last won the Beamish Cup. Yeah. And um, it was like a 
Jeez, surely this time, third time, luckily we get there. And um, the lads were a bit nervous who that day. I probably made them worse because I was more nervous myself. I probably rubbed, rubbed, brushed off on me. Yeah. And um, yeah, we got there. It was nervy. It was, the conditions weren't great on the day. It was very windy the same day at Patrick's mm-hmm. Day. And um, yeah, we went all the way to extra time. And Johnny Kelly popped up and fair play to me. Just a bit of quality inside the box and he put it away. And here we are today in the final. Johnny's having a great season, Johnny Kelly, and um, it's fair to say he's probably one of your main attacking threats. Um, how vital is he on Sunday to... Oh, Johnny is... Yeah, he's a class act, Johnny. You can put him anywhere in the field, really. Well, midfield or up front there, like you can... If there was lesbian single, you might have to drop him back into midfield mm-hmm. or... You up front, you could play, you could play Johnny anywhere. He's... Um, yeah, he's one of our most talented players. Um, he can... He a fierce eye for goal, you know. Um, I suppose... Um, a lot of other players, younger younger players, feed off him as well because they know that he's such a good... He's a good reputation of being a good player all around West Cork. So mm-hmm. younger players are coming through there, feed off him as well, you know, which helps all storage, you know. How does a tag of underdogs sit with you for Sunday? Because Dreen are obviously defending this title and they're going, going well in the Premier. They had a superb season last year. But being underdogs, will that actually help you going in? Because will it kind of ease some of the pressure? Or? Oh, it probably will take probably some of the nerves out of the players, definitely. Do you mm-hmm. know... As long as I won't be too nervous on the day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, definitely, sure. We know what Dreen is about. They know we're about as well, like, but they're definitely, they, they, everyone probably expect Dreen to get over us again on Sunday. So, yeah, it suits us to be underdogs if we're going favours, like I boss in the previous game. So, we finally going in favours against Miz and I. Mm-hmm. They probably didn't haul that well with us. So, yeah. it should suit us better, I say, hopefully, you know. When you go back to this year's Premier Division campaign, you played Dreen obviously twice, yeah. drew with him t- twice, won all on, on both occasions. Um, Night Hurley got a goal in one of them, and Johnny Hurley got a goal in the first yeah. draw. What can you take from from those two games? So, um, Drina never they never give up. Mm-hmm. That's one thing about Drina. So I used to play each other all through the years, and I just you know I've never give up. They they are the bench back for West Cork, like they set the bar. Yeah. Um, from that day, which I suppose with Drina. We just you don't switch off like you can't like mm-hmm. they even if their game was going against them they'll always could pop up and get a goal off us which they've done just in the past you know yeah um i suppose all the two games we know we can go toe to toe with them mm-hmm. they probably know we can do as well like we can go toe to toe with them so um yeah out of two games i suppose what we'll, i suppose we just to the same we learn all the last two or three didn't much between us the last two or three seasons when it comes to yeah. playing each other we odd goal between us like mm-hmm. probably this season on Dreams seemed to be a couple of weeks ago they beat us in the league's league Parkway Cup semi-final mm-hmm. and um, if we go that day playing the way we did that, that Sunday um, Dream will wipe us off the park mm-hmm. you know? but was, was, was that actually a good wake up call to get so oh definitely yeah. I hoped as yeah that they kick up the backside you know <laughs> yeah. so hopefully the lads realise that on the day that um, they'll have to be played differently 78% better than they did that day you know how do you stop an attack like Drina? So we all know Barry O'Driscoll is one of the top forwards the last couple of years. What can you do to keep fellas like him quiet? Um, I'd say the main thing is concentration. If ever they just have their own job, like the likes of Keith Jago there as well now, like he's yeah. a vital cog in their team. Like if he's having an off day, I think he's he's kind of uh, connecting the back to the front. You know, he covers from box to box. You know, mm-hmm. Barry the two Barry O'Driscolls, yeah, Barry up front, Barry Hartorn there is unreal. Like, that's with turn of foot so. Well, a couple of lads there, they'll, they'll mind them around the day, I hope. <laughs> you know, take good care of them. Yeah. Say they know each other well now at this yeah. stage. You know? What is the strength of the Togger Celtic team? The spirit, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There'll be one more than the spirit, especially this year. Well, last year, you could see creepy in the last couple of years. We won a Premier Cup there about two years ago with this team. Like. And uh, last year, we, kind of, we, were, we didn't win anything, but we were still competing, you know? Yeah. But this year, you know, it's definitely spirit, like mm-hmm. the lads. Are, most of the players are very consistent in all their job. I suppose I'm lucky that um, 90% of the lads will be there every, every week. When, and it helps them, say, they kind of have their own. They know what other lads are doing, they don't know. Yeah. So. You, kind of, you mentioned too, it was 1997 when you last won the Beamish Cup and that was your only time winning it. You were telling me earlier, you were actually on the line that day. You were, t- you were tugged off on the line. So what, I are your, was. what are your own memories from that 22 years ago? I can... It was a... It was Andrina, no? I can remember Andrina that day, we were playing cross man. Um, well, I can remember really was all the excitement before us and being told that, oh, you probably won't be coming on today, but 
well, that was fair enough. I was young at the time. Yeah. And um, I just remember um, John Hayden going up and scoring a header. It was only one goal in the game to 1-1-0. Um, I'd say it wasn't a beautiful game to watch, I'd say, but I can, from a mimic, serves me correct. But um, yeah, I didn't realise sitting on standing line that day that um, the club would be take 22 more years before they'd reach a final, you know? You could be the lucky, the lucky woman. So you're involved back in '97. You're you're in your fourteenth season as manager this year. So I presume you take a, a not so pretty one nil win on Sunday. Oh, I'd take anything at all. <laughs> Last kick at the game one nil. Yeah, take anything. OG anything at all. You know. What would winning the Beamish Cup? What would winning the Beamish Cup final mean to the club? I'd be great for the club because I suppose we've been winning the. I suppose not being disrespectful. The smaller cups there up through the years. Mm-hmm. We've, you know. The Beamish Cup was the thing, and the league. Winning your league and winning the Beamish Cup would probably be your top two things to do. And to mean a lot, even for the older fellas there, now the likes of the chairman there, now uh, Derry Crowley and Sean Crowley and Tory Cockton, and them, they put fierce work behind the scenes. Like, like I'd say to mean as much to them as to any player playing in the field, you know, and to myself and my assistant Kevin Hurley too, like obviously. Mm. But um, yeah, it's just like that. We'd probably be more nervous going in that day playing next Sunday or next Sunday, yeah, but. To mean a whole lot to the club, like, and it might push on the young fellas too. A few young fellas coming through now this year mm. from the under 18 set up there, another four or five down, and just um, on the 18 year mark. And to probably bring a man in a lot, I hope it would, anyway. So it'd be very important to that. Superb. Finally, you can, since you're here in the studio, you can help clear up something for us, Johnny. Go back to 2014, it was the West Cork Masters against the Republic of Ireland Masters in Dunmanway, and you scored West Cork's second goal that day. But there's That's a certain true. local soccer correspondent, Joe McCarthy, who, who's claimed to fame, and he's been talking about this for the last five years, is that he set up your goal. It's been non-stop lip from Joe, saying he's the reason that you scored. So can you, can you help us clear this up? Did Joe set up the goal? But more importantly, if he did, did Joe mean to set up the goal? Um, on the day, I suppose it was a bit of a blurry, really. But um, I suppose, yeah, Joe was playing right back. I was right side of midfield. Joe was calling me a lot as if... Memory serves me correct. George was calling me back the hall. Like he, was, he was afraid that he, I'd be, he'd be caught over position himself. So he was afraid I'd go too far forward. I can remember that distinctly that day. He probably could have passed the ball. He probably did pass the ball, George. Sure. It came from the right side. Anyway, no the case that he mean it or not. I don't know. But um, yeah, it was, that was a great day too for mm. West Cork in general. Like it was George done a lot of work too after seeing too that time. Um, to be nice to beat them on the day, to be mm-hmm. honest about it. When we were up 1-0, the next day we equalised, the next day we were 2-1 at half, we'd finish it off, they scored five minutes ago. But um, yeah, it was a great occasion, and playing the Irish Masters, like, sure. probably never get the chance again. Mm-hmm. Or any, I'd say anyone that played that day will never get the chance again, no, and I saw it was nice. And uh, we'll say, yeah, Joe minted, I'd say, on the day. But <laughs> what I'm taking from this, Johnny, is that Joe didn't have a turn of pace, and that he was very very heavy-footed, and he was trying to, trying to sit very deep, was he? He was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was sitting back but all right. I can remember Joe going, Johnny, John, well, Bubbles just got me pulled back. My nickname is Bubbles, obviously. Yeah. Bubbles, come back, come back, and come back. And then I said, come back. Um, at one stage, I said, geez, will we swap places or what? <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, should we put in a lot of effort? I Joe to put a lot of effort in that time. We trained it hard that time, too. Mm-hmm. So, look, we want to take it away from it, on fairness. <laughs> oh, no, brilliant. Oh, come here, Johnny. Thanks so much for joining us in the studio today. Best of luck on Sunday and hope it works out. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. I'm joined now by Joe McCarthy, the soccer expert of West Cork, to talk about Sunday's uh, talk about Sunday's final jar. And obviously, first, but just to get the first off on this, what's the importance of the Beamish Cup here in West Cork? Uh, Kieran, I think it's it's not understating it to say that it's it's probably the most important, the most prestigious tournament um in the West Cork League uh for not just for this year but for many years it's it's down through the years it's the one game um even for people that would have a passing interest in West Cork League soccer a lot of people would read about and be interested in and turn up for the Beamish Cup final I suppose the the easiest I suppose explanation of it is when the FA Cup in England was at its peak and at its highest uh, attracting large 
TV uh, figures and whatnot. It was the, one of the biggest events in English football. It's not anymore. And in West Cork, while there's a lot of prestige associated with winning the Premier Division title, um, the biggest day out is the West Cork League's Beamish Cup final, and it usually attracts the biggest crowd as well. What are your own memories from it? Because we all know you, you, you played yourself before for a couple of years. Have you any good memories from, from, the, from the Beamish Cup go back over the years? Um, I have good and bad memories of it. Uh, with Clonakilty AFC, I was lucky enough to be part of the squad that won the tournament uh, in the early 2000s. But unfortunately, um, I had a shoulder injury uh, that uh, meant I didn't take any part in the final itself. We beat Bunratty actually in the Baltimore Old Ground. Very, very good game. Um, I, I, I do, one of the things I remember about it and one of the things that I think is important for people to note is that for clubs that struggle with numbers maybe throughout the year and throughout the league campaign, they always have their strongest team out for the Beamish Cup. It's, it's, it's an opportunity, a joint killing act or an opportunity to actually get to a final. It is hugely important because local parishes that may not have a big interest in soccer tend to come out on the day to support, uh, to support the local team if they can reach it. Um, we, I was lucky enough to be part of a team that the momentum you gain as well, maybe things aren't going so well in the league, but the momentum you gain from a cup run, uh, especially in the Beamish Cup, can be huge uh, for a team. You see the likes of Mizzen getting to the semi-finals this year. They had a great year in the championship. That really brought them on as well. And the likes of Tor even reaching a final. It's not something they do very often, but it, it is a big and it's an important thing to them. So from playing in it and from watching the last 10, 15 years, being at the finals for the last 10, 15 years, you see the impetus, the momentum that teams gain, and they look to then continue that into the following season. So, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's important. Maybe winning it is lovely, but I think the importance you gain in the momentum, especially rural clubs gain from being associated with it in the latter, latter stages of it is, is, is still very, very important. Looking more closely to this final, look at Trina Rangers first year. Where do they rank this team? Where do they rank in terms of, of, of the top West Cork teams over the last couple of decades? Because this is a, it's a team that won it all last season. Mm. They're in the hunt again for, for trophies again this year. So where do they rank, Joe? That's a good question. Currently, I would say um, of, of all the competing teams in West Cork over the last five to six years, even in that short time period, they are by far the strongest and the most talented. Um, I, guess, I guess the biggest compliment I can pay a team like the current Trina setup is that they know to win ugly. They play a lot of great football. They drew seven matches at the start of the Premier Division season. Normally, that would scupper any title hopes. And yet, they play Ballady Hobb and they play Dunmanway in the coming weeks, which could determine them. They could retain the title having drawn seven matches. And that alone tells you just their, their sheer will to win and the, the depth of their squad, which has been tested this year and last year for the first time. They still keep coming back and winning trophies. Comparing them to teams uh, in, in the early 2000s and, and before that even, there's been some fantastic teams down through the years. Uh, Tor have, have always had a very, very strong team and they, they, they've always been uh, you know, tough to beat, I suppose, is the, the kind of the cliche you hear about Tor, but it's true. Um, they may not always win a lot, but you never get an easy game from them. Dunmanway Town, um, I think, down through the years, have, have also been a team that uh, have also fielded, regularly fielded, really talented and strong teams and have won trophies. But for sheer longevity, for sheer will to win, and for sheer, I just think, ability from front to back, 1-11, to 11, and even on the substitute fence, this Drina team will go down in history as one of the best ever. Not just because they won five trophies last year, because they keep coming back year after year. They're continually challenging for titles. Um, and when you consider that uh, a lot of teams are kind of, a lot of other teams that compete against them at the top end of the West Cork League, tend to have GAA pulling at them at different directions. I'm thinking of the Lawyers and the Clonakilties. Um, they, they have a team that has stuck together a core 11 or 12 that are there now for a long, long time, a decade, over a decade, and they keep winning trophies. And I think, it's, I think history will reflect kindly on them. Whether they win this Beamish Cup or not, I think their place in West Cork League history is definitely, um, is definitely set. Obviously, key to Junior's success are Dick and DC and Don Hurley. And I was amazed to find out they've been joint managers for 17 seasons. That's, that's nuts. Like, it's a, it's a crazy amount of time. What can you tell me about the two of those? Kind of, like, you obviously worked with, you, you've interacted yeah. with them so much over the last couple of years. Um, what makes Don and Declan's joint management team work so well? That's a very good question. I, I, I think... When you meet the two of them off the pitch, Declan and Don especially, they're calmness personified. They're very, very calm. They're very, very structured in what they want to do. And they are very good man managers. They don't, you don't have two guys on the sideline working together that long. You don't even have marriages, maybe, unfortunately, nowadays working that long. 
unless they get along and unless they're able to, to argue. But what people don't know is that they are incredibly passionate about Drina. They really are. They've driven. They've not, they would tell you that they're not the only people that have driven that club, and rightly so, but they have been integral to that team not alone at junior level, but very importantly at underage level as well. They're hugely important there and have helped drive that club forward. I love watching them on the sideline because they are like Jekyll and Hyde. They're the quietest guys you could ever interview, get, getting words out of them after a match. Sometimes it's a challenge. Uh, they may not want to talk to you, but on the pitch, you know you know they're on the sideline. And I mean that in the nicest possible way, but they are very, very passionate. And what what's what makes them stand out from other managers that come and go from the West Cork League they're able to change the course of a game with a substitution at the right time or maybe a tweak of the tactics. And the guys on the pitch, you ask any of the guys, the Barry O'Driscolls, the Keith Jagos, the Rob Regans who've come through the ranks, they play for those two guys. They want to win for Drina and for themselves, but they really want to win it for those two because of the effort, the time and the sheer passion that the two of them have, not just for Drina, to be fair to them, but for West Cork League soccer in general. They're, um, they're the first congratulated team if they lose to them. Um, they have their moments on the sideline with referees like all managers do, but it's that passion that people may not realise to win and to come back and to keep coming back winning that drives that team on. Drina will start as favourites on Sunday, so who are the match winners that we should look out for? I guess the, the usual suspects that people will point to probably are the, those midfielders that I've spoken about, and I, I've seen them in recent weeks, and they seem to be coming into form at just the right time. Garrod White is very important to Drina with his pace. He stretches defences. Barry O'Driscoll, uh, Hawthorne up front, the striker, gets a lot of headlines, um, and rightly so, because I think his ability not just to come up with important goals, but to knit that midfield with attack is hugely important how Drina play. The tempo that Drina play at, a lot of teams just can't live with. And that's down to Rob Regan in the centre of the pitch, and also Garrod White. And I'd also point that their, their defence doesn't get a lot, of, uh, a lot of press or maybe a lot of attention, but uh, Barry O'Driscoll, and in goal as well, um, Rob Oldham. I mean, he just keeps rolling back the years. I'm not even, I don't, I'm not even going to say what his age is. It doesn't really matter when you watch him play. He's that composed, the goalkeeper, and his ability and his defence's ability to shut down teams, whatever ball, whatever ball is ahead of them, I think will be vital to what I think is going to be a very tight and probably... Not a greatly entertaining game. I hope I'm wrong. Cup final. But what they did against Dunmanway in the semi-finals, they had an off day. Drina had an off day. And Dunmanway missed an opportunity to put them away. But they were able to stick in even when they were playing badly. And their defence, uh, the back four and that goalkeeper, were able to withstand all that pressure and still get them over the line. And that's what makes them stand out from all the other teams in the top tier. Drina, we've started, like we said there, they started as favourites on Sunday, but with the Torgor Celtic kind of, and you mentioned giant killing stare earlier in our conversation, what chance do Torgor have on Sunday? Um, I give them a fighting chance, and there's a couple of reasons. Number one, they have no fear of Drina. They respect them, and we talk about passion on the sideline. You watch the passion on the sideline with Torgor in this cup final. I know a lot of the people involved behind the scenes, and again, very important, they've got a very good underage structure for, such, for a club that's a rural club, with not a lot of playing numbers, they, they keep coming out year after year in the schoolboys league, delivering teams and good teams as well as that. Um, it's going to be extremely difficult for them. They know that. They've already played Drina a couple of times this year, so we know what to expect. But the, the big game changer for me this time around is it's on the Baltimore Road uh, playing pitch. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a bigger pitch. It's a beautiful playing surface. And like Drina, in their semi-final, Toho were very lucky to get over Mizzen. Very, very lucky. They did not play well. It was that type of game. The wind, it wasn't a great game of, of football. It was tense. It's like a semi-final you'd expect from a semi-final. But in Johnny Kelly up front, they have a match winner. They have a guy that if you feed him like he did in extra time, give him the ball in the dangerous areas, he has the ability to score. But I would expect Drina to counteract that, which means at the back, they're going to have to be especially solid. They're really going to have to play well. And they've got some fantastic players. They've got Kevin Cotter, they've got Ian Hurley, they've got, and they've got youth. One thing Drina have, or Toher have, I think, this year is that they've, they've got a couple of lads that have come up from the under-18s and a guy to watch out for as well as Robbie Lucy, who may or may not start. He may come off the bench. He's a potential match winner, even though he's quite young. They, along with Drina, have addressed what, with the greatest respect to their first 11s, an ageing team. They've brought in legs and guys that can run for 90 minutes. And I covered their game for the Southern Star in the quarterfinals at home to Ballady Hobb. Now, Ballady Hobb are having a fantastic season. And Toher battled all day long and beat them. They did the same against Mizzen. They dug in defensively, two banks of four, very, very solid, very hard to break down. 
but the concentration levels for 90 minutes and beyond, I would imagine, in this Beamish Cup final will have to be 100% because you cannot let your guard down against Drina. I give them a fighting chance because they know what they're up against. They've played them on numerous occasions this time, Drina, so they know what they're going to be, they know what they're going to be facing. And the pressure's off. There's absolutely no pressure on Tohar because I'm not, I don't think they're going to win it. Very few outside of the Tohar camp expect them to win it. And when you turn up for a cup final, it's amazing what happens some days. Uh, like when the pressure's off, some players play above what they normally do. And some players, when there's no pressure on them whatsoever, give that bit more, are able to give that bit more and perform that bit better. It, it'll be very, very tight. I don't expect a lot of goals in this Beamish Cup. I hope I'm wrong in this Beamish Cup final. But if it's a tight game coming into the last 10, 15 minutes and you've nothing to lose, they will, they will trouble Drina and they have the ability to trouble Drina. But it requires their best performance of the season if they are going to cause an upset. Or can they hurt Drina? So? I think don't either flank. They've got to stop. One of the things Drina do very well is their two centre-backs stay, in front of the, stay on the edge of the box quite a lot. But a lot of the, a lot of the times, the guys that I spoke about uh, Gerard White, um, you know, like the likes of Rob, uh, or sorry, the likes of Barry O'Driscoll, who comes deep, they're allowed to do that because their fullbacks push up so much. They're they're able to push up so much. So whatever Tohar do or whatever tactic they come up with, I don't think they can afford to sit back. I think if you sit back and let Drina come at you, you're asking for trouble. And the first 10, 15 minutes of any cup final are critical that you don't concede. We saw it in Turner's Cross a couple of years ago with Bantry Bay Rovers, a very good team that went up there, took on Ban- or took on Drina. But as soon as they conceded early, everything, everything changed and Drina went down to score three or four goals. You can't let this Drina team get momentum. So I would expect plenty of robust, hefty challenges in the first five to ten minutes. So hopefully the refereeing will allow for some of that. Um, and you've, you've got to let them know that you're there. And I know that like, sounds like a cliche, but I think they need to flood midfield, I think, toward. They did that quite well against Mizzen. But the problem was they bypassed it. They went, they went long too often and lost possession. And I think if you can push up Andrina's fullbacks, squeeze them at the, at the top of the pitch rather than the middle of the pitch and letting them come onto you, you generally have a chance. But where they've got, where they've absolutely got to be 100% as well in this Beamish Cup final is set pieces. It's one of the chances I think they have. They've got a very big team, uh, tall team tour, and they are good from set pieces. They're very strong from corners. They scored from a free kick in a corner against Ballady Hobb in the quarterfinals. It is a strength that they have. But they didn't deliver on it against Mizzen. And I, was, I think that was a, a combination of nerves, perhaps, and also the condition. It was very windy, and it prevented them from doing that. If they can force a couple of corners and free kicks early in the game, and if they can force enough of them, they are going to put, a, put some pressure on that train of defence. Um, and I really, really think that they've got, to, they've got to put the best foot forward. You cannot, and I repeat myself now, sit back against Trina. They'll hurt you, no matter what you are, no matter how good you are in the, at the back. And they are very, very good tour. They're two banks of four. They're very diligent. They're very, they always have a good shape. They've got to squeeze higher up the pitch. And they've got to go for it. You know, they've got to go for it as early as they possibly can. If they go one down early, it's going to be extremely difficult. But if they score early, if Tohar score early, that's going to put a very difficult, different complexion on the cup final. Because now you're dragging Drina further out the pitch. And with Johnny Kelly up there, with Niall Hurley, they've, they've got, and Robbie Lucy, potentially, as I mentioned, Tohar can catch you on the break. Push up early, and if their set pieces are good, which they were, or they have been any time we've seen them this year, they have a chance. It's prediction time, Joe. I'm going to get you to put your <laughs> reputation on the line and gaze, oh, into your, gaze into your crystal ball. So what we have here, we have a Trina Rangers team going for three in a row. We have a Tober team looking for their first Beamish Cup win since 1997. I think Johnny Collins was telling me. So mm. which way is it going to go and why? My, my head... It says Drina Rangers are going to win this because they are now in they're, in, they're in the business end of the season when they're pushing for a new, not just this trophy, but a number of trophies. The Premier Division title is always the most important to them, according to Don Hurley and Decker, and that's rightly so. But they want this. Be- I think the historic nature of retaining a Beamish Cup um, is important to them. And I think because of that, and because they've been hitting form after drawing all those games at the start of the season, I think they're in a very good place. Um, last year they were crippled a little bit by injuries at, at various stages they have a lot of those players back now and they also have youth a couple of young players that have come in from the under 18 team making their presence felt on that first 11 Baltimore Road pitch is going to suit Trina if it's a sunny day if it's a nice day and I think if they're if they're tuned in 100% I really I, I can only see one outcome and that is unfortunately for Torre Celtic uh, as much as I would love to see Torre cause an upset um, I think we're looking at a, a Trina Rangers victory 2-1 
maybe, maybe 1-0. I don't see a lot of goals in this final. Both defences are very, very strong. If there's going to be an upset, to flip the coin, if Tor are going to cause an upset, an awful lot of things have to go their way. Every one of the players has to perform above what they've been doing this season. And they have to have a little bit more control where they were getting into the final third against Mizzen in the semi-final and Ballyhob too, to a degree, even though they scored a few goals. They were getting, they weren't able to have that composure in the final third and take the chances when they arose. They're going to have to take every chance that comes their way in the Beamish Cup final. If they don't, it's going to be the outcome I think I and a lot of people expect, and that's Trina Rangers to lift another trophy. Well, I have you on the line here, Ger. I was talking to Johnny Collins about this this alleged assist where he's going against uh, okay. the Republic of Ireland Masters a couple of years ago. Obviously, West Cork um, against Ireland in Dunmanway. Johnny, whatever, whatever you have on Johnny, he seems to think that you meant that assist. Other people have spoken to yeah. think you didn't mean the assist. So we can clear this up once and for all. Johnny okay. is firmly in your camp. He thinks you, you did yeah. mean it. Others think it was an accidental kind of just the ball bounced off a leg and fell in yeah. Johnny's direction. Yeah. So what's your version of events here, John? Well, I'm really glad you give me an opportunity to clear this up, Karen, because it's been troubling me for some time. Um, when you come on as a right back against the Republic of Ireland international team and you're able to trap the ball with one leg, dribble and play an imperfectly weighted pass through three internationals to Johnny's legs that he alias Lewis lashed it in, I'm just going to leave it at that because that, I think that really just says it all. Um, it was 100% probably the best move of a match, including multiple internationals. And uh, anyone that was lucky enough there to, uh, on the day to see my, my trap, my pass and my move, to be fair, if we're going to be honest and give a balanced re- review of that match, other than that one pass, things were quite difficult for me that day. There was a guy called Brian Marsro who played for St. Pat's, who I've still, who since become great friends with on Facebook. He tore me asunder. But that moment, that moment is cast in stone and I won't hear any arguments. Or, uh, I, know, I know some of the people would like to think that I misplaced some of my passes down through my, my long career. On occasion, I'd agree, maybe the odd one went, went astray or maybe there was a long ball punted out of defence. But for that goal against an international defence, again, three international defenders threaded through the eye of a needle. I mean, whatever cliche we want to add to it, um, I'm, I'm going to take full credit for that and not listen to any criticism. I'm sorry. Well, I'm glad we've that cleared up once and for all. Jerry McCarthy ah. makes that pass. We, we can put everything else to debate. Well, Jerry, thanks very much for joining us and we'll okay. chat to you again soon. Thanks, Kieran. Cheers. So, um, thanks very much for joining us again. We'll be back next week at the same time. So, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Android, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, or anywhere else where you listen to the show. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star, featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.